as a, as a coach, that's what you want in practice. You want tremendous competition in your players. The guys have to perform every day in practice to stay on the field because they're creating practice habits, which now allow them to create game habits and, and can perform under pressure. And all your great players, you want, you want that depth. You want to be able to know that you know, if I slip up a day, I can take my job. That's great to have because it keeps you on your toes and what you have to do. And I think the great teams, the great teams, best teams I've ever been a part of, were, had team, our best weren't the games, it was practice, the competition within each position, the competition against offense and defense. And I think that is critical. And I think this is one of the time, I think we have that right now in our, in our organization. Speaking of competition, it has been competitive, but on the wrong way when taking on Mississippi State. It is Texags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner Schulers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio of our Grand Hyatt Hotel Room in Nashville, Tennessee for SEC Media Days Day 2. Uh, this SEC Media Days road trip is brought to you by The Charge Apparel. Our guest is now Brian Haydad, Mississippi State Insider from Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk, Mondays through Friday, 3 to 6. Mr. Haydad, how you been, buddy? It's good to see you. Good, good to see to you. Be, good to be here in Nashville. I'm enjoying myself. Well, it's it's... I like the vibe. It's a cool vibe. It is. It is. I always say that like, SEC Media Day is like the first couple days of school. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see your friends you haven't seen all summer, and it's just, it's just chill. Now, if we had to stay here for a month, that might be a problem. Yeah, I think, we get tired of each other. But. I think after maybe today, I'm yeah, like, I'm ready to bounce. <laughs> right, like the at Sunday, I can't wait for it to come. Yeah, and yesterday for us it was a and because you're done. Yeah, I mean, like the 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 real the real work for you is done today. The real work is for me with Mississippi State, and then we have Ole Miss on Thursday. So, so. I want to give obviously pay respects to to Mike Leach and what yeah. he meant. Um, just from a we we know the football mind, we know how great he was on interviews, we know how creative he was. How was he to work with? Oh, he's great. Yeah, you know he he was a guy that and I probably didn't take advantage of it enough that you could just text a question and get an answer. Now it may be a really long answer, and, and honestly, it may not have been the answer to the question you asked. But you go, you, he would have said something to you. He had he never he never would say, "I can't talk right now." Right. He always he always was find time for that. So I don't know if you know this or not, but the night before he passed, he was at my house. Oh wow! We we, we have a a yearly Christmas party, and I invited him, and he showed up with his son, and uh, came in and was cracking jokes and eating cookies and having a good time, and told my wife, he's like, you know, next year I'm going to plan differently so I can be here because I'm going to be here the whole time. And you know, he walked out the door, and I was like, all right. I'll see him another time, and that was it. And that's the, that's really one of the most surreal things in my life that I, I saw him hours before he passed. How did you find out? It's the craziest thing. Again, like I just seen the guy, and then the next day I'm getting ready to record my podcast, and I got a text from somebody saying something's wrong with Mike Leach, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, "He's at the hospital. Something's going on." And I was just like, "That's so weird. I just saw him. You know, I, I was I, I saw him like seven, eight hours ago, and." Uh, I reached out to Mississippi State, and they were like, "Yeah, it's it's not good," and that was it. You know, two days later, he's gone. I think Zach Arnett is going to be a great head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about great, but I think he's going to be really good. He's a great defensive mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a weird position for him to come in. He is. It's a great idea, and the fact that you you keep continuity is part of. But he's got a completely different style mm-hmm. than, than Mike and the personnel. So how's the product on the field going to look this year with a lot of the same personnel, not yeah. completely, but a lot, but a completely different approach. I think one of the good things about having veteran personnel, having a guy like Will Rogers is that change isn't going to, to drastically destroy his, his confidence, right? He's seen everything. There's no defense in the conference. He hasn't faced this year. And, and I think he'll, they'll be fine. It's, it's going to be different. 
you know, when you when you talk to Zach Arnett and you talk to Kevin Barbet, that they'll be the first ones to tell you is like we incorporate a lot of air raid principles into what we're going to do, but we also add the running game. State will be under center for the first time since 2017. Right. I mean, that's Moorhead and Leach never took a snap under center, and so that's going to be different. You know, that's why I think that's why they're bringing Woody Marks today so that you can get to see State's running back and a guy who I think could have a good season for Mississippi State once he's now he's finally going to get some chance to get some carries and not just catch the ball seven, eight times a game. So th- there's going to be some differences, but there's going to be some similarities. It's all on Rodgers. You know, he's got good players around him. He's got a good offensive line. Can he make the throws? If he can do that, State's going to be just fine. Yeah. Talking to Brian Haydad here on Texas Radio. So Kevin Barbet. Was at Appalachian State last year, mm-hmm. and and we are very familiar with that with that style. Yeah, he's going to run the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. He's going to uh, just tell me what you think the approach will be with the fact that that he's got a style, but he's also got a quarterback with a lot of weapons. You kind of alluded to it, but how do you think it will all play out? So with Barbe, you know, with with Leach, it was I run the air raid, and I don't care if you drop eleven guys into coverage. I'm going to run the air raid, and this is my offense, and this is how I run it. I think Barbe is a guy that, if you give him opportunities to run, he'll take them. If you give him opportunities to pass, he'll take them. Um, so State's going to, you know, one of the first things they had to do was recruit tight ends. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have one on the roster, didn't have a single tight end because that you don't run them in the air raid. And so they went out into the transfer portal and got Rylan Godey from Georgia and got Jaquarius Spivey from uh, from Arizona State and so they could have some veteran guys. And they moved a couple pl- position players around who played tight end in high school and yep. brought them back there. So you're going to see those formations. You're going to see two tight ends. You're going to see two backs in the backfield. You're going to see all these different things. Um, I, I think they'll be fine. I, I think they they have enough veteran playmakers to 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 be good. I think putting Tulu Griffin into the slot allows him to play his natural position. I think he's one of the most explosive guys in the conference. He's the best return man in the conference. And I think they've got the, enough depth at receiver that you know losing Rod Rod Thomas. They lost Caleb Ducking. They lost Rufus Harvey, who's a name not a lot of people know, but he was their leading receiver last year. But they lose those three guys. But I think they have the depth there to overcome that. So Will Rogers, talk to me how he has evolved because you've mentioned he's seen every kind of uh, defense out there. He's been very successful against Texas A and M. Just give me a, a snapshot on the the kind of quarterback he's become each year. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, thrown into it in the middle of his true freshman year in in the COVID year when uh, you know KJ Costello just kind of finally got away from him there, and immediately he was he was he was okay. You know, his first start was against Vanderbilt. And he wasn't great in that one. The next week, with 49 guys with COVID restrictions had taken State down to 49 players, they went to Georgia, who was in the top 10. They were tied in the fourth quarter and ended up losing by seven and and then went to the Egg Bowl. They lost that game. But Rodgers set a record for uh, passing yards in the Egg Bowl. He threw 440 yards. Had a better game than Corral did, who everybody you know knows, and he went on to the NFL. His sophomore year, he was he was really good. He was really good. And then last year, I thought, he, you know, he took a small step back. State took a step back offensively last year. I don't know how many people really realize that. And that's why I I'm, I'm, I like this team this year, because State's defense had to carry them at times last year. You, you look at the Rodgers' last two games of the year last year against Ole Miss and Illinois in the bowl game, he was not good. He was not good in those games. And he'll he'd be the first one to tell you that. So I think this year, if you watch it, and you know this because of the A&M game, State was at its best last year when they ran the football. And – they were they were really successful at it against our Arizona, against Texas A and M, against Arkansas, and then they got away from it against Kentucky for some reason. That's why they lost that game. Just simple as that. And then in the Egg Bowl, they were getting away from it, and Ole Miss was leading, 
And then it started pouring down rain and Leach decided, well, I need to run the football. And then guess what happens? They win the game. Right. So having that offense working around the running game this year, I think Rodgers is going to be, it's going to allow him to thrive because he's not going to see those eight man drop coverages. You can't just keep playing two deep safeties. And, you know, he's going to have some opportunities down the field that he didn't have in previous years. What do you think about, there's there's a, a big group of people that think it's going to be Auburn or Mississippi State as yeah. the last place team in the SEC West. How do you see it, knowing how close you are to the team, and they've got one of the biggest questions already answered in quarterback? Yeah, they, they were picked last last year, and they finished third. Right. You know, uh, Barrett Salih from CBS Sports did an article a few years ago. State is perpetually, perpetually the most underrated team at SEC Media Days. They, they usually are picked sixth or seventh, and they usually finish fourth or so. Uh, and that's probably where they're going to, to do this year. I have them fourth on my ballot behind L- – have, I've talked myself into LSU at first. Uh, Alabama second. I have A&M third because uh, I just feel like A&M is so talented that they, they it's finally their time. They, they, they've got to – it's either that or, you know, the other side of that. And then State, I have fourth. Um, I like them better than Ole Miss. I feel like Ole Miss has a lot of question marks. Arkansas is interesting because they have the quarterback who's probably my first team quarterback, and I can't pick that guy last. But at the same time, they have a ton of holes defensively, yep. and I don't know what they're doing in the in the passing game. And then Auburn, I know Freeze, obviously from his years at Ole Miss, and that program's going to get better. He will get them better, but it won't be this year. I have Auburn last this year. Okay. So. And, and Auburn is a team that they're going to win a game they probably shouldn't. That is the Freeze and Mike Leach have that in common. They will win one they shouldn't. They will lose one they shouldn't. So don't be surprised. As this year, when Auburn goes to LSU and wins, but they lose to Cal. So, something like that. Hi there. Sorry, my mic wasn't close enough oh, to my mouth. That's hey, what we have these guys for, though. Yeah. They, they keep us in business. So, the rivalry, if you will, against Texas A&M the yeah. last couple of years. Why do you think it's been so Mississippi State? If you were the last couple, yeah, I loved uh, Owen Buchanan's one of my favorite guys to yeah. talk to, and I asked him that question. He's just like Brian. I, if I knew, I, I would tell Jimbo Fisher, because you know, under Dan Mullen, I, I always I thought State was the more physical football team. You know, the, with the Mullen versus Sumlin years, especially yeah. State would hit A and M in the mouth, and A and M would not punch back. Um, under Moorhead, uh, his first year, that team was just so good defensively that. They, they were just hard to beat. Yep. You know, that team lost five games. That was the absolute floor for that team. How good they were. I mean, they had Jeff Simmons and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Abram and all those guys. These last couple of years, the the one in 2021 was one of the biggest surprises. I had no thought that State was going to go over to College Station and win that game. Leach just, he just had the, the right formula. And I thought last year, sort of the same thing. And you talked about it with us yesterday on Sports Talk Mississippi, that State came out and ran the football and they were physical and, and, a&M really didn't have an answer for it. So this year with that that young defense that A&M had a season ago, now that those guys are a year older and a year wiser, and if you have a healthy McKinley-Jackson there in the middle, you should you should see that A&M defense be able to step up and be a lot more physical. And But I think it's going to be another competitive game. I have State losing that game now, but it could go the other way just as easy. It's definitely a toss-up game for me. Brian, I know you got a busy day, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it, David. Appreciate Anytime. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. Brian Haydad there does great work for Mississippi State. Um, and uh, we appreciate his time. When we come back here on the program, I see Benjamin Watson in the wings. He's doing an interview, so he should be joining us soon. Um, hopefully, we'll get him right when we start the next segment, if not a few minutes into it, right after that. Greg Sankey, we probably have to be right on the clock because of that. 
So uh, right now we're going to experience the difference with Caprock Health System patient-centered care. Caprock is 100% locally op- operated uh, healthcare system in the Brazos Valley. And the beauty about what they do is they put the patient first in every decision that they make. Uh, their sole purpose is to make you feel better. And they've been doing it in the Brazos Valley for a long time. They really want you to feel better. They've got two state-of-the-art locations designed for patient healing and family friendliness. It's the kind of place you want to go and get one-on-one experience. And should your stay require you to be there a little bit longer, they're low doctor to nurse patient patient ratio means that their medical team gets to know you and your individual needs. They want you to realize that when you go there, yeah, it's it's a terrible situation, but they're going to get you out of there as quickly as they can. They want you to stay in a hotel quality room so you never have to worry about being in an ugly environment. They do it great there at Caprock Health System. You've got Caprock Hospital in Bryan and Caprock 24-hour emergency center in College Station. They both have zero wait time for emergency care. You'll never have to sit in a crowded waiting room. It's Caprock Health. Take me to the other side. I want to go to Atlanta this year with uh, the Aggies. That's what I want to do is Tex Ags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio of the Grand Hyatt in Nashville for SEC Media Days Day 2. And uh, this SEC Media Days road trip is brought to you by the Charge Apparel. Thank you so much to those guys for making this possible. We're having a great time here in Nashville. We, we should have Benjamin Watson on the program in the next couple of minutes. I see him about three tables over on uh, the SEC uh, network insider there, obviously played from his days at uh, Georgia. And uh, she just gave me the one minute finger. So we should get him here on the here in a moment. As I mentioned earlier, we want you to be a part of 23 and 23 this year. So you're going to have an opportunity to kind of vote on your top 23 players and rank them yourself. If you're a premium subscriber to texags.com, we'll have that post up tomorrow. It'll be during the show and one hour after the show, you will be able to vote on it. And then we're going to tabulate those votes. Your vote will count 25% of how that 23 and 23 comes out. So it's going to basically work like this. The fan vote will be 25%. Ola Buchanan will have another 25%. I will have a 25%. And Billy Lucci will have a 25%. Uh, and that's how we're going to tabulate our numbers this year. And we will start that a week from tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll do the voting for the fans. And then a week from tomorrow, we will actually have that on the program. And it's interesting knowing what my list is for the most part, I'm still kind of fine tuning it, if you will. Uh, and Olin's list, there are certain areas that we are very similar and others that we're not. Um, and I have a criteria that I will explain as we get a little closer And mine is yes, expectations of what I'll see from them this year, but also with where they are right now. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, I was going to give myself a, uh, what do you call it, uh, a maximum number in a position. But I've decided against that. I was going to say, all right, no more than three per position because you've got so many defensive linemen that can be in your top 23 that it takes away from other positions. You've got, hello, a punter that is absolutely in the mix. You've got so many different positions. And you got the wide receiver crew. So right there, you almost got your 23 guys. I just mentioned three positions, right? So, uh, But I, I decided to use talent as part of my evaluation. And I'll, and I'll kind of break that down a little bit more. Today on the podium at uh, SEC Media Days is going to be Georgia. Georgia is going to be uh, front and center. You're also going to have uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Vandy. And all those schools do have some questions, right? The Mississippi State questions are, how are they going to look without Mike Leach? We just had an insider on, Brian Haydad, and he gave us his perspective. So that that is one part of the conversation. We also have uh, Auburn. Um, they have a different head coach as well. And when you look at Auburn, 
How much of a difference is Hugh Freeze? Is that worth, an, at least in year one, a win or two? And by the way, when you look at their roster, very hard to know how good they're going to be because of all the transfers that they brought in. That is a huge part of the conversation. So, you know, they have their questions. Georgia, the most talent in the world. Does that necessarily mean that they're going to win another national championship? Um, that 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 is something that I'll ask Ben Watson here in a moment. And Vandy, a lot of questions of Vandy. Uh, we're in their backyard, so um, hopefully we can um, talk to Benjamin Watson about all those storylines as he is coming in right now on Texags Radio here, uh, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Um, Benjamin Watson, my friend, how you doing, sir? I'm well. How you doing, man? Good, Good to see, see you. Man. Yeah, pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I. Uh, is it a documentary that's coming out? Is that what I'm seeing? Are you seeing that? Well, you, you're working on a, a project, right? Uh, well, I had a documentary a couple of years ago. I did just release a book. Uh, oh, that's what June, it is. On June 20th. All right, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. so always up to something. Yeah, you are. And, yeah. and uh, one of the things that I, I love hearing from you is you are not scared to talk about your faith yeah. and uh, in, in your place in this world with your voice. You, you're not scared to share it. I don't think we I don't think we should be. The Bible calls us to be ambassadors. It talks about you know telling people about him and representing our faith and always be having a being ready to give an answer for the hope that we have within us and so i think as believers it's not something you carry on the outside is is who you are your new creation and so you flow from that so it can't help but come out yeah no no doubt about it let's um i want to go back to yesterday then we'll come today because i know george is yeah. talking today texas a&m jimbo fisher a lot of questions about the aggies what are your questions about the aggies my question is about the Aggies. Who's going to call plays is one of them. And I don't think we have any more clarity today than we did yesterday. Uh, I think that Coach Fisher had an opportunity really to clarify um, and bring in uh, Petrino as an offensive coordinator. Um, who's going to get the lion's share of that? And he, he, he talked about it a bit, but it wasn't, wasn't very clear. Um, I, I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know if, if he's still wrestling with how they're going to work that out. He doesn't owe us anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's his business. Uh, but I would have liked to hear that. So that's one question I have. I, honestly, another question is offensively, um, you know, how they're going to be more consistent. Uh, they, struck, they started three quarterbacks last year. The good thing, I think, in having Connor Wegman coming back is that they have some stability at, at the position. They've got a, a bunch of great wide receivers. I mean, you know, Ever Stewart, um, Muhammad, I mean, Smith coming back from injury. Um, are they going to finally, after being here at SEC Media Days for the last three seasons, are they going to fulfill those expectations and compete in the West, which I think they have a roster to do so? It's a matter of putting those things together. All right, so let's just say that it is Bobby Petrino calling the plays, yeah. and they're going to be a little bit more dynamic. Yeah, Where would you put them in the West? I put them as a, as a team that might be kind of under the radar, and the only reason I say under the radar is because they're not being picked. Uh, look, look. We've talked about Texas A&M and their number one recruiting class last year. We've talked about Texas A&M and NIL. We've talked about Texas A&M and the fact that they've got a coach who won a national championship. But we've also talked about Texas A&M and the fact that they haven't been able to develop a quarterback to, to take them to that next level. And so where they are right now is I think there'll be um, a surprise for some if they if they make it to the conference championship. But I think they have the ingredients there. In the West, I'm still looking at teams like LSU. I'm looking at the Alabama team that has, uh, you know, had a less than than Alabama s year last year, even though we're only talking about a couple of losses and not by much. Um, but an LSU team that has a veteran presence at quarterback that I think is is, is my pick to win the the West. Talking to Benjamin Watson here on Texas Radio. Benjamin is the only team that can beat Georgia. 
Georgia? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, and I say that I put myself back as, as a player. And as a player, you understand that the guys on the other side of the field put their pants on the same way that you do. You do the same thing they do. And that anybody can beat you on every given day. I even look back last year at Georgia when they went and played uh, Missouri. And Missouri led in that game for – 50, 50 minutes of the of the 60 um they shut georgia down they they played great defense uh they, they they frustrated georgia in some ways and you can say well georgia wasn't up for the game you can say missouri this was their super bowl whatever you want to say it doesn't matter because when you get out there for those 60 minutes you have to put your best foot forward you have to execute and so looking at georgia's schedule is there anybody on that regular season schedule that i say should beat georgia absolutely not there's nobody on their regular season schedule that should beat them. Does that mean that they aren't able to lose? No, it doesn't because they've got to play. They've got to prepare. They've got to come every game. You can't quantify for injuries at this point in time. There's so many different variables. Um, but should Georgia be here? Should we be talking about Georgia as a national championship, as a national champion next year this time? Yes, we should. All right, last thing for you, Alabama. A lot of people say Nick Saban, but he'll overcome any issue out there because he's the GOAT. But they're quite <laughs> here, and he is. And he is. But <laughs> eventually – questions are answered and they're not. And right now there's a question at quarterback. There's yeah. a question on defense. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that quarterback is probably the biggest question mark for me um, with Milrow, the transfer uh, Buckner. I, I think in bringing in Tommy Reese, I think it's a bigger question because you bring in an offensive coordinator and that coordinator is able to bring one of the quarterbacks that he coached. And so you got to wonder, is that guy going to be the guy or is it going to be the younger guy in Ty Simpson? I think that, there's a lot of questions we'll hear from Nick Saban. He won't give us an answer because he may not know. A lot of it's going to have to play out. But whoever's playing quarterback at Alabama um, is going to be, um, I think, the deciding factor in how well that team does last year. Look, Bryce Young was phenomenal. Bryce Young by himself won them a few games last year and the year before. And so that's how important that position is uh, to be able to take control of an offense, make the right decisions, not throw the ball the wrong time, not turn the ball over, um, uh, coordinate, be the point guard, and be a, and be a leader. I think is, is really important. Seven kids, seven kids, bro. That's the best. Call, right. call my wife this morning and apologize that I'll be gone for, <laughs> <laughs> for for another day. But they are amazing. Ages fourteen down to four, identical twin boys, four years old. We call them Typhoon and Tornado because they're they're crazy. Well, what a blessing, my friend. Thanks so much for joining Definitely, us. Definitely, man. Thank I you. Like you. Yeah, uh, there he is, Ben Watson. Yep, good stuff. When we come back on Texas Radio, thank you, Ben. We'll have Commissioner Sankey here in uh, in our studio. Right now, it's caller number one. We're going to give you a free car wash from Aggieland Express Car Wash in South College Station off of William D. Fitch in Greensbury. Aggie owned and operated with the friendliest staff and a personal touch. They offer a monthly membership. We'll give the first caller a free car wash right now from Aggieland Express in South College Station. 979-693-1150. And we are back. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio of our hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, SEC Media Days. Brought to you by the Charge Apparel. Billy Lucci is with us, and uh, so is Commissioner Greg Sankey. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess uh, first thing off, I'm going to make this about A&M in Texas for a moment. Do you see that returning at a Thanksgiving kind of vibe, uh, um, either Thanksgiving Day, the day after, or is that still way down the road for you guys to decide? Uh, not way down the road, but down the road, and we've not we've not committed to that because there are a set of realities where games fit for different reasons in, in, in our schedule, particularly in twenty four. 
uh, with what well, we'll have three neutral site games there. So those go in by contract. Uh, and then you start to build out around those and you have some limitation. So I, it's not something to which we commit. And I've, I've been pretty clear on that one. Oh, sorry. Uh, talking to Greg Sankey here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. So is part of the conversation, the eight and one and nine and one scenario. So if we do go to nine games uh, in the SEC, that will be more likely to happen every year. And I think you mentioned a couple of days ago that with the eight game schedule, there's no guarantee that Texas and Texas A&M would play every year. That's correct. Yeah. And we've got, we have a, we have a set of those realities that are, we can work through those for a short period of time to play what are really important uh, rivalry games on an annual basis at the eight game level, but you can't do that forever. And just to recraft the labeling, the focus has been on if we're at eight games, a one annual opponent, seven rotating opponents. So you play everybody essentially every other year uh, with the, the lowest frequency level. If you're at nine games, you have three annual opponents and then six that would rotate and you'd see everybody still every other year, but you'd have those three annual games. And that's one of the elements of a decision around uh, the quantity of conference games we play. I think what is interesting is after our decision in Destin, plenty of like noise in the system, how can they only play eight games? And then when we released the schedule and everybody looked at their eight games, we're like, oh, smoke. Yeah. Every one of those deals is tough. Every one of those schedules for the 16 teams are difficult. It is such a puzzle. Um, I wanted to ask you, you talked yesterday a lot about, and I, you've been talking about it probably for years and will be for the next foreseeable future, NIL. Is your bigger concern the lack of kind of how it's, it feels like at times, it, it, to me from where I sit, the wild, wild west, is, is that a bigger concern or is your concern the lack of uniformity across states, across conferences and things like that? I'll identify a couple of concerns mm-hmm. without necessarily ranking other than yeah. saying they're all One is we have a national system of college athletic competition that fosters competition between conferences, within conferences, and national championships. And what we're seeing is an erosion of those national standards. Not yeah. that everything's the same. And, and the question is, how do you conduct national competition if every state wants to wall itself off? You're essentially left with state college championships. I was just in Houston with the Texas High School Coaches Association and observed to them, you have great high school championships in Texas. That's wonderful. That's not our culture. So that's one. Uh, the second is there's just really a lack of uh, protection for the participants, a lack of consistency for the participants. So if you're a recruit and you talk to adults that went through high-level recruiting and say, man, I can't imagine dealing with this when I was 17 years old, there's no protections for young people. So there are promises being made. There aren't a lot of stories out there. There are a handful. I've heard a lot more anecdotally promises made that are not fulfilled. Yeah. And lastly, what's happening really is not sustainable. Some will argue it no. is, but um, it is not a sustainable system because it's actually not the kind of economic activity in a lot of places that is justifiable. So normally, the business says, "Well, I want to hire somebody to sell to make money, right? I'm going to pay them ten dollars because they're going to make me twelve. Um, that's sustainable." But that business is paying $10 and not generating anything, frankly. 
uh, long term, that's I, not a sustainable reality. I always say I don't care what the program is. They could be a top five or a top 50. If As soon as they're losing games and, and things aren't going the way they want, you, you can't keep that going and that free it's, it, that free spending well, for as long as Yeah, it. the next level is kind of control and authority over the program. Mm-hmm. I've had enough back conversations with coaches just off to the side to say, you know, what what's going on and you know who's who has influence. So uh, you know, a collective of booster and entity says I've invested X in a certain player, you know, I expect the level of performance from that player. That's a whole different level of pressure for the eight and also expectation for our coaches be placed uh or, or the pressure will come from different sources so i think big picture uh great set of opportunities there are a lot of good stories i don't just mean to dwell on the problematic issues we need not kid ourselves to thinking of all of this is working in this, yeah. this uh a wonderful way for everybody yeah there's part of me commissioner that if, if you could rewind it back about I don't know, 15 years to the Ed O'Bannon or when all this started and, and say if if, if the, you, it was one of those, it feels like one of those deals that you had to get out in front of or you, you're going to end up, it's kind of like sitting on shore waiting for a hurricane to hit. No, I, I've used the, the um, shoreline metaphor, if you will, which is it's tough to lose, lose sight of land. Yeah. When you have a system that arguably has worked well, not perfectly, for a number of decades, opportunity, you hear uh, a, a lot of folks go back and reminisce and say, let me tell you about how I changed, how I grew up, the opportunities it meant to me, travel, support. And we do all of that. Change. I'm not just pointing fingers. We collectively were slow to change. We still yep. are college sports. And if you look at history, Title IX, uh, Board of Regents versus the NCAA for TV. Um, the restricted earnings code lawsuit, law versus the NCAA, state laws. Those are external factors forcing the college athletics world to change. That's been the reality. Now, now, how will it settle out is the kind of work that I was attempting to address yesterday. Yeah. Some will reject that, say, well, there's just a commissioner talking. But for you to simply, not, not for you, but for someone yeah. to simply reject my commentary yesterday, means they're not engaging in thought and dialogue about the issue, and, and they simply assume that this is the best we can do. And I don't assume this is the best we can do. Well, I know you're making the rounds, and I would love to get you on for a longer conversation when all this madness is over with. I wanted to ask you, though, I'd love to sit here and talk to you about what what's your next concert you're going to go to, what's your... Uh... Uh, ZZ Top. Is it? In okay. New York now, it's two-thirds of ZZ Top. Yeah, I know. So that's kind of a bummer, but... Uh, it's still ZZ Top. It's, yeah. It's, you're still getting some the, great the, guitar. The, the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the bass and the lead will be fine. I heard you were at Spring... I was One of my good friends, I was at his wedding last week... Uh, he, I think, was at Springs. Were you, were you guys at Springsteen, Springsteen in Austin a yeah, months so, ago? Yeah. I am hosted swimming and diving. Yeah. And I was looking at the concert schedule. So the night before, I was supposed to be in College Station. Uh, the boss was in, in Austin. Yeah. So that was a pretty easy. Decision. That's what I do, too. If I see a concert nearby, I went to Blink 182 here That's what I heard. the other night. I was delayed coming out of Houston. So I missed that. <laughs> but I will do the same thing. Like I, I saw Camp one time. I'm stuck at an NCA meeting in indianapolis and i didn't want to go to another reception and another dinner and i just looked and 
Uh, I went bought one ticket. The, the best part of that story was I sat by a high school principal and his wife and a police officer and his wife. Uh-huh. And when, when Mellencamp's thinking, singing the authority song, they're up there. Up right. There. They're loving it. Hey, I think you guys forgot, like, the essence of the song. You're a police officer and a high school principal. Like another brick in the wall or something. We saw you guys last That Did you pay attention to the playlist last night when you guys were at dinner? It was, yeah. like, straight Hall and Oates. No, I wasn't we, complaining about it no, at all. We talked private eyes came on i'm like how yeah. many hollow notes songs is it, that it was on repeat well thank you so much and uh i'll stay just, here and talk about 80s music there we go oh, we'll just, so we'll do a whole in. oh know, yeah here in fact, the, the, i've got two sets of tickets to go see you two at the sphere there on- again that's three fourths so there's some late guilt that larry baller jr's not not there but- i've never been to you two is at the very top of my list. Just as an '80s kid, I never yeah. saw them. If you ever need backstage journey, let me know. We can we can set that up. I saw Journey and Toto a few months ago, which is great. I uh, I saw Journey, one of these private concerts, yep. the final four, and so I go back to the Steve Perry. Journey. Oh yeah, but the the guy from the Philippines who's their lead singer. If you close your eyes. And that's Steve Perry from 1984. If you want to have some fun, YouTube him, and you can find the video that they they saw to I've, say I've, we need to. I've, yeah, I've linked to it through an article. Isn't that wild? Well, that's I, amazing sound. It's and and yeah, that's you never would think Journey could go on without Steve Perry, but they're good. They're really good. I'll be happy to go back to NIL now. <laughs> yeah, now you get to go back to that. Well, hey, keep having fun with this. Uh, I know it's a tunnel. It's crazy, but as uh, long as you can sit there, you're. I think you're doing a hell of a job. Well, I really do. Uh, I know you catch crap from Aggies, bit. and they don't under. We don't understand that you catch crap from Bama and Tennessee. And- yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of stories like, you know, I'll get uh, on social media. People write letters like, you know, you like, you know, so and so. If if people don't cuss or threaten. So if there's no profanity or threats in a piece of correspondence, I'll generally write back. Really? It doesn't mean I'll agree. Yeah. So I actually have a letter sent to one of my responses, and it was not about scheduling or officiating. It It was about something else where I see you have a politically correct answer. (laughs) Not taking a stand, and it was... It'll be an interesting back and forth. I'll bet it will. One gentleman who writes me, who I finally had to write back and say, look, I, I... I appreciate you continuing to write me, but I, I can't read your handwriting. Oh man, handwriting's a lost art. If you, I, I, I can't write writing. anymore. I, I do. I cannot write. Are you? Are you a handwritten guy? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and I Buzz. Would, you and Buzz Williams. Buzz. In fact, I have a note from Buzz right now. Um, and I had a great phone call. We were we just named a new associate commissioner for men's basketball, and called around to just a set of our coaches for their perspectives. So Buzz and I had 10 minutes on basketball and 30 minutes on life, which I think you could understand. Absolutely. And Buzz and I go back to, he was an assistant coach at University of Texas Arlington. Yeah. Eddie McCarter was the head coach. First time I met him was kind of post game. And then he went to Northwestern State. And this is the kind of person Buzz is. And I think it was 2008. I'm in Anaheim. Kentucky's playing Marquette. Tom Crean. Remember that. Head coach. Billy Gillespie was at yep. Kentucky, and he, 
I go walking in. I think Cornell's playing UCLA early on. I'm going to watch the game. All of a sudden, there's somebody that comes out of the right side. I hadn't seen Buzz in a decade, probably. He comes right up to me. He's an assistant coach at Marquette. Says hello. Knows who I am. Remembers our 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 journey, which has intersected uh, along the way right, in a yeah. number of ways. So it's been fun to, you know, see him when he was at Marquette leading, and then you know a little bit of interaction at Virginia Tech, but obviously. Uh, now at Texas A&M and the work he's doing. And, and part of the joy of of my role is you have these relationships that uh, Mike Bianco's a good one at, at Ole Miss. He was a grad assistant at Northwestern State with oh, Jim yeah. Wells in baseball in 90. Wow. I was there. I was in high school. <laughs> director of <laughs> compliance. And so last year to see him win the national championship was was, was pretty neat just to, to, to share that experience from yeah. afar as conference commissioner. In, in closing, and I've been talking to all my Texas and Oklahoma buddies, they, I say you guys don't know what you're getting into in football in the week-to-week and the atmospheres. It, 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 I haven't sat there in the Big 12 on the sidelines, and it's it's completely different. I mean that, like, you're going to love it. What and, and and I'm saying they're dominant across in this league, all sports. Is there one sport in particular that you look at recent hires or recent, th- you know, things happening that you're that you say this is the fastest ascending sport in the SEC right now? This is one that's got me really excited. That's an interesting question because I have this responsibility to say, oh yeah, all twenty-one. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the most rewarding things for me is the volleyball national championship that Kentucky won which was in April of 21 at the end of the COVID year, because that sport was very tenuous. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of effort to play Kentucky beat Texas and Omaha. um, And we'd never won a women's volleyball national championship. I'm actually excited about what I I sense is a renewed commitment in that sport. Um, So that's coaching hires. It's the movement of the two programs in uh, but the commitment of Missouri, which when they moved in was a leading program, went through some coaching changes. Florida, what Mary Wise has done. Craig, um, and you look at a program like Mississippi State that in our league had not been very competitive that's made the NCAA tournament. So it's kind of off the football beat path. I'm going to mm-hmm. come back to your observation there in just a second. But I actually look forward to seeing what happens in the sport of volleyball in this league over the next five years. I, I think your analysis uh, to your Oklahoma and Texas colleagues is spot on what happens on a week-to-week basis in this league. Um, that's part of the reality that you don't appreciate until you're, you're actually in it. Yeah. And, and that's about opponents, but it's also about intensity. I, I, I've told folks um, my first year in 2015 when Alabama played at A&M, I walked into that, that stadium, and it was one of the few times where I'm like, what in the world am I doing with yeah. this job? It's <laughs> packed. It's as full as can be. And I, I break the job down into segments. Well, that, when I was in, in Austin last year for Alabama and Texas, at halftime I did an interview, one of the reporters from Austin asked me, this is really incredible. And I'm like, no, yeah, it's familiar. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that. We are. And well, uh, I think that on a week-to-week basis is is the reality that does not exist in other conferences, perhaps the Big Ten, but I'm not sure at the – intensity level of the thank you so very much i appreciate your time thank you we covered a lot there yeah, yeah we, we did. did that was awesome thank you thank you so much thank you
Journeys, Easy Top, you name it. All right, good stuff. Right now we're talking about QC Kinetics. Don't give into that constant joint pain out there. Take control back of your life with quality of life with help from QC Kinetics. They're helping people every day here and across the country with their amazing non-invasive surgical treatments to repair, restore damaged joint tissue. They use the latest in advances in regenerative medicine, taking your own body's healing agents and concentrating them right in the area where you have the most agonizing pain. This incredible non-invasive approach helps you take back control of your body, relieving the pain in your knees, your hips, your shoulder, your back, no invasive surgery, no harmful drugs or steroids, and no downtime. Listen, summertime needs to be about having fun and making memories, golfing, hiking, enjoying the outdoors. Take control now and start living pain-free. Call for your free consultation with QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. 979-452-6000. QC Kinetics, 979-452-6000. That is 979-452-6000. Back at Tax Radio, presented by David Gardner, Jewelers, Swallow Insurance Studio. It is the SEC Media Road Trip, brought to you by the Charge Apparel, Billy Lucci, David Nuno. Great conversation with Greg Sankey. Programming update. Uh, Josh Pate's going to have to come on at some point during the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, he's got some other stuff going on, so we'll get him on the show soon. Tony Barnhart's going to move up to an earlier part of the show. So we'll have Tony here momentarily, and then we'll have uh, Josh Pate at some point during the program. So, uh, a lot of uh, moving parts here, as it always is at SEC Media Days. Uh, we got about two minutes left in this segment, Billy. Um, good, good. I, I liked when you turned the attention to music with uh, Commissioner Stank. He kind of lit up when you started going there. Yeah, no, I think he and I share a common common interest there. That, and I think he's you know he's been uh, walking or jogging a lot, you know, over the last couple of years. So, no, but I I knew that. Look, here's the reality. Is everybody, will we get him on for just a few minutes? Because you look, the people that are listening and not here, you look up and down these rows. He's going to do 20. I don't know. I, I probably did 20 yesterday. So he's probably doing 50 of these things today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you keep it short and sweet, but you got to think about the monotony that he's hit with. Yeah. Uh, and the question, the NILs, like I asked, he's probably going to be asked that 50 times. So I like to change it up sometimes and let them, I, I think that was a, Sometimes we don't see that side of coaches, commissioners, things like that. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You, we got the important question about tech. You got you start off with the Texas A&M one. That's, I think, what everybody wants to hear. And we go from there. That was fun. Yeah. And I do think when the dust settles, and maybe it is after the nine-game schedule, it'll be a Thanksgiving game. I do, too. And, and I think I don't I, – he's not going to answer this. But I think annually, I think he'd like – as much of the rivalries as they as you can get and to me that means a nine game schedule but this is a guy that's got to appease not only do what's right for the league in terms of the college football landscape but for in terms of financially and what the tv contracts are going to entail but also to please as close to 14 or now 16 ad's and, and presidents and universities as he can all right, we got to hit a break here. We will come back with more hour number three of Texags Radio from SEC Media Days coming up next on Texags Radio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 